Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings and as always I am joined by Ben Bergeron. Every week here on the show we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the show. How the heck are you, Ben? I am doing well, Patrick. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, we are, we've got a good uh, episode. We've got great questions on uh, red light therapy. Uh, what else do we have? Cutting people loose from your life. We're going to talk about some habits uh, across the five factors. And then we're going to do a recommendation roundup at the end. We are going to start as we often do, or as we always do rather, with our warm-up, uh, which are which is your questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect your performance, vitality, and longevity. Those five factors are how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect, and how we recover. Ready for the first one? Let's roll. First one is in our move factor. This is from Diego. What are your thoughts on nasal breathing during CrossFit workouts that require to be in zone four or five? Would you recommend? So for people that aren't familiar, zone four or five means that you're working really hard and you're breathing really heavy. So zone two, you could hold a conversation much like I'm holding right now. Zone three would be I could get a few sentences out and then take a breath like this. Zone four would be hard. I get a word out every few breaths and zone five would basically be, yep, good. Very short. Yep. That's a nice correlate to paint a picture of what um, they're talking about. It's usually correlated with heart rate, but I like that, that, that the talking test yep. is a better. I like that. Um, okay. So the question is in zone four or five, what's your thoughts on nasal breathing? <laughs> like, did did I didn't. I tried to catch okay. it no, out of the no, corner no. of my eye. Dad reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> oh nasal breathing good from the the the, the talking test i like that as a talking test kind of okay talk. so in terms of nasal breathing during these crossfit workouts where you're certainly in zone four probably zone five plus to be honest nasal breathing's come really into play because um of the ability to help train uh, the, the entirety of the respiratory system, right? And it starts in the nose and you can pull in more oxygen. And, um, there's a lot of benefits to nasal breathing, particularly when you're sleeping, um, you know, mouth breathers versus nasal breathers. Um, I'm a big proponent of teaching your body to nasal breathe during high intensity interval training. It's not the place to do it. Mm, it just, it's not the place. Not not the place to train your body to do that or just it's not, not the, the place, place to, to do it? it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can do it during yeah. zone two training, meaning running really slow on a treadmill. Um, but what you're going to do, it's much like putting on, there is a place for things like um, elevation training, like training with uh, hypoxic training. But that'd be the equivalent of like trying to teach a swimmer to, to not breathe anywhere except for in between uh, when they're making their flip turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's benefit to that. It's called hypoxic training. It's a part of the training program. But you're going to limit your speed so much as a swimmer if that's the only way you do it. And it's the same thing with this. There are so many benefits to high-intensity interval training. If you're only breathing through your nose, you're going to be limiting the capacity of which you can do that. So can it be involved in a training program? Yes. Should it be involved in a program, training program? Probably. Should you do it with high-intensity interval training? No. 
Next question is in our think bucket from Caroline. What are some suggestions to help an undisciplined person become more disciplined? Start I've... listening to this podcast. <laughs> Done. Check. She's doing that. Next question. Thank you, I... Caroline. <laughs> Caroline. I have a desire to add things like meditation and breath work to my daily routine. Great. Typically, I start out great but lose momentum somewhere. Uh, and then next thing I know, a couple of weeks have passed and I forgot to do the thing I wanted to do every day. I think of things I don't for, uh, I think of things that I don't forget, like brush my teeth, drink green juice every morning, eat whole unprocessed foods. But what is it about meditation and breath work that don't stick? You are disciplined. Caroline or Caroline? Caroline. Caroline, super like green juicing and working out and unprocessed foods. And she even brushes her teeth. That's yeah, amazing. That's huge. Wow. I don't even do that. Okay. So there's a couple things to this. One is you've built, you've literally built it into your, your routine, your habit. You can do it unconsciously at this point where you brushing your teeth, it's so ingrained into the, the, the ritual of the way that you navigate those hours of your day. It happens intuitively, much like when you, you just start tying your shoes, you can actually think of other things. Mm -hmm. In order for um, something like breath work or meditation to really find, uh, to really get rooted. They, they say it takes 23 days to establish a habit. I just haven't found that to be true whatsoever. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even think it's, I think it's upwards of 10 to 15 X that. Mm. I think it takes years, yep. honestly, years. Because even somebody that's been going to the gym for five days a week for a year, they're still gonna have a challenge, there's still gonna be a challenge starting year two Every single time. It's only when you've gone to the gym five or six days a week for years that now is ingrained into the movement pattern of what you, the way you navigate your day. So I get it. It's because you've been doing these things for a long time. So that's part one. Part two is brushing your teeth takes two minutes. A green juice takes two minutes. Whole on pressed foods is a one minute decision point. So it's like, not even, it's a one second decision point. So it's either do I have the cookie or do I have the kale salad? Like, it's just like, so the problem is that meditation breath work takes a lot longer. So you now need to commit to five, six, seven minutes, 10, 20, whatever you feel is your normal meditation or breath practice. So you can hack that a little bit, much like somebody that's trying to start a reading habit. And if they think that reading is reading a chapter every night, that's a big decision point before you sit down to read. And all of a sudden that can get washed out of your habit your daily rituals and routine really quickly. If the habit is I need to open a book and read a word, a word from a book, the chances of you doing that on a frequent basis go way up. And then after years of that, it becomes more ingrained in the pattern. Mm -hmm. So make the barrier smaller, make the win like bite-sized baby things to where meditation can be, um, you close your eyes. It doesn't have to be quiet. Like it doesn't, have, you don't have to be alone. It doesn't have to be dark. You don't have to have a candle. You don't have to have, um, you know, monks pounding away on drums and wind chimes and dolphin farts in the background. You can just <laughs> just describe my meditation. You can just dolphin farts. I, I described a lot of things, right? You can just if you close your eyes, and for five seconds, say to yourself, "I am calm. I am calm." I am calm. That can count. Very cool. Then the next piece out of that, I'm giving a few of these, yeah. right? Um, the next piece is track it. 
Like that works for some people. It doesn't for other people because for some people, that's another discipline trying to track <laughs> right. it. Yep. But for me, who likes the dopamine response of actually analog, not computer, not app, analog, actually with a pen and paper checking off a box, that is so... I get enough out of that that it keeps me going. And I like to see the checks along the way and so on. Okay. Having said that, all the sympathy because I have uh, recently fallen off of my meditation mm. breath work routine. Yeah. I did it for uh, upwards of two years. Um, but for whatever reason, I've been – I know what it is. I'm, I'm just – we talked about this a little bit. I'm doubling down on the work thing a little bit. I'm going to the gym two hours earlier than I used to. That's the thing that's sacrificed. So I get it in some weekends now. So I understand. And this is how I know it's not a habit. Yeah. Right? Because I'm still going to the gym. That's the habit. I'm still brushing my teeth. That's a habit. I'm still eating whole and processed foods. That's a habit. But that one fell off. Mm, that's really interesting. It's you, not ingrained in me yet. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that part of that last bit uh, notwithstanding, do you think part of the challenge with, right, because brushing your teeth, you feel that immediately. There's oh, immediate it's a great feedback. one too. Yes, I meant so to talk about is this. It exactly. Breath work and meditation, actually a lot of the problems is like, am I, am I doing it? Am I yeah. doing it right? Do I feel it? And when that, and it, it, that's not how it works. That's not the point of it, first of all. Well, so but everything else is like, it does have that sort of immediate l closing of the loop of yeah. that habit. Well, you, you get exactly right. There's the, there's the, um, Cue, checking. the cue, action, and reward. Yep. I don't think the check is enough out of that okay. one. Because um, like somebody that hates to go to the gym, yep. they're not going to go to the it's gym. Not, so they just so they can check it out. <laughs> but you, you, it, the, the interesting part is you need the reward. Yeah. So it's the way habits are established is there's a cue, right? Uh, I'm hungry. It's two o'clock. There's the action. I go and have a sweet. There's a reward of, mm, that tastes good. That was awesome. I f so... You need to close the loop to your point of this one and brushing your teeth. Ooh, clean, crisp. I feel like I can go. I feel good about that. Green smoothie. Um, I like the taste. I am healthy, whatever it is. Um, the one with the breath work is challenging because most people struggle and they don't get, there isn't the um, endorphin rush. There isn't the runner's high. There isn't the, um, the, the euphoria from eating something delicious. So it's harder for that. So this is where, you can, um, I think, hack it a little bit and just do some really powerful, deep mm. breaths yeah. beforehand. Um, and it can help get you into this really kind of cool, yeah. um, you know, brainwave state. Yeah. So you get, so instead of just sitting down and trying to go quiet, you, um, you know, do some like deep diaphragmatic breaths mm -hmm. for, this is going to extend the practice a little bit, but five, six, seven, 10 of them, 10 of them probably is enough to get you close. Actually, I take it back. Three is enough to get you there. Mm -hmm. 10 can get you to another place. 30 to 40 can get you a really cool spot. Love that. That's a great point. All right. Next question is in our eat factor. And this is from Johnny. I'm a fairly average cro uh, competitive CrossFitter wanting to improve. He made final uh, quarterfinals in the open last year in his age category. I figure the best way to do this is to improve all five factors of health as best I can. The one needle I can uh, I can move more than others is eat. Uh, I really struggle when traveling for food, for work rather. I spend weeks at a time in New York City and London. Can you advise on how to best keep eating clean in big cities, which I seem to find it, re I seem to find it really tough. Yeah. Um, it is way more tougher. Way more tougher? Way more tougher. It's the most tougher. <laughs> way better English. Yes. It's, uh, but it's, it's funner as well because you get to travel to, I just had to explain cities my, that are big. I had to explain my five-year-old how funner is not a word and he did not believe me. <laughs> It's one of those the ones that will probably change by the time he's an adult. It might be a word. Yeah. 
you know, like there's, um, eating well while traveling in, um, cities or traveling anywhere. First one is whenever possible, get yourself to a supermarket, Mm -hmm. a grocery store, like whenever possible and get yourself uh, a big thing of berries or fruit of your choice and get yourself, um, some clean, some protein of whatever, whatever you can clean the better, right? Hopefully not like from the, the hot bar dousing barbecue sauce, but the cleanest version possible. That's always option number one. What um, my family and I have been in the, the habit of when we go skiing, we, we do a three and a half hour car ride. Um, we've tried to switch away from stopping at gas stations to stopping at gas stations that are next to mm. grocery stores. Yep. And then so somebody, do a little bit of work in advance to be able to. So somebody was just like, yeah. So like we like to stop along the way, right? We like and we like to get snacks, but the options at groceries at, at convenience stores or gas stations are better than they were five years ago. They are. There are. You can make better choices, but you have so many more options. It's so much more satisfying at a grocery store, um, particularly with the self checkout lines. You can do this really quickly. Get yourself. Uh, a couple apples and a thing of cold cuts, uh, a handful of almonds, you're good to go. Okay. And then in big cities, maybe you don't have that. It's harder to do that, but you're also going to be eating out at restaurants. When eating out at a restaurant, um, the easiest way to do this is to, it's actually to order a salad, not just the meat and the veggies because the chances of them cooking in a good oil is really low and bad oils for athletes are inflammatory. Um, so what we want to do is actually go for the biggest salad you possibly can and then double the protein source um, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So any sa- as long as it doesn't have like the tortilla chips and all the other crap junk on it, you know, a whole bunch of crazy weird cheeses and sour cream and not the taco salad, right? Biggest salad you can, double the protein. And what I do sometimes as well is I'll get uh, a side of, um, Brussels sprouts on top of that, a side of broccoli on top of that, and throw that right in the salad as well. Yeah. But it's it's by far, it's the hack. You, if you want to really eat clean at a restaurant, it's got to be the salad with double the protein. Next is in our recover bucket. What does Ben think of red light therapy? Does he or his athletes use it for recovery? I've been considering buying a unit to help with sleep and recovery, but wanted to hear from a trusted source on their opinion. And I'm just going to add, I don't know. I don't even know what red light therapy is. Like I've yeah, even so, heard of this before. So um, I don't know enough about it to give a really good educated on today on this, other than um, some of our athletes have used it. Um, I am familiar with it. But I don't. It hasn't been enough of an experience. Mm-hmm. It's probably where I was with breath work before and saunas and cold immersions a couple of years ago. And until I've really kind of been a part of this that world, I I don't want to I don't want to give too much of a um, in depth answer. Except that here's where I'll go with this: if you're looking to speed up your recovery and or sleep, which is what the person was really looking for, yep. sleep and recovery. I feel really confident that there's a lot of other more meaningful, impactful ways than red light therapy. I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but even if it works to the level of what they're saying it does, it's still so much lower than you going and getting low solar angle exposure Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. That's like, meaning go outside and look at the sun. Like that's like, 
find where the sun is. It's not going to be, and if it's first coming up in the morning, it's not going to be hard enough to like hurt your eyes. Go look at that sets you up so much for the next three, do that for three days in a row and tell me how your fourth night is, mm. uh, night's sleep is. Super interesting. That's probably the number one thing that you could do. Um, do you know enough about it to even describe what red light therapy is or are we still a little bit away? No, and let's stay cool. away from it. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm just mostly it. curious. I've seen yeah. it and stuff like that, right. but We'll yeah. do some research. Uh, last question we've got is in the connect bucket. I've been wondering if it's right to cut loose people from your life, people that hold you back or uh, or they have nothing to offer you towards your journey to thrive. Are we meant to create a circle of people with the same interests and life goals, et cetera? The answer is yes and yes. It is okay to cut people out of your lives. And yes, you are meant to find people that lift you up and have the same values um, in your lives. Here's one of the coolest studies I've come across recently that espouse the importance of peer groups. Mm. If your friends are fat, you're 171% more likely to be fat than if your family is fat. Mm. It's not your genes. It's not your upbringing. It's your peer group. They say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, if your friends are going to fast food restaurants, chugging down sodas and huffing Marlboro cigarettes all the time, drinking beer, that's your environment. That you're, you're a product of your – that's more likely what you're going to be like. You need to put yourself – it's our 100 words of health. It's the very first thing. Put yourself in an environment in which you make it as easy as possible to eat, sleep, train, think, and connect. That's what, like that's the thing. You need to put yourself first and foremost in there. If you want to live a healthy, fulfilled life, find a peer group that has similar goals and aspirations and behaviors that are going to put you towards that. Okay. That was our warm up. If you would like to get a question in the queue, find me on Instagram, drop me a DM, PS Cummings. We will add it to our list and we will get it into a future episode. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. But first, a quick word of thanks to our sponsor this week, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform with a mission to make therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who wants it can get help anytime and anywhere. Here's the thing. Usually aiming for convenience doesn't always land us where we want to go. Usually convenience is a trap. Like Jersey Gregoric says, hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. But it's not the case with BetterHelp because just like joining a CrossFit gym, the hardest part is usually getting through the door that first time. BetterHelp makes this easier by bringing a licensed therapist to you on your phone or computer in your office or your living room. No more blindly Googling for a therapist near you. No more hoping you find the right person. No more awkward waiting rooms. With BetterHelp, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist so you can get to work untangling the challenges weighing you down. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash excellence to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash excellence. This is a question from Dylan. Uh, in the theme of the five factors of health, what are one or two things in each category that you would consider a must do every single day? Okay. So, so you want to, we can go in order. Yeah, you can let's, go do, let's do it. Let's do it in order. Okay. But, um, here's the one th I don't like, um, uh, what's the word? Um, extremes. It's not extremes, but like, it's gotta be every day. Yeah. You must do, it's yep. like, 
What's that word? Uh, I'll think about it as you start talking, but we got it. Crazy. Right? <laughs> so nothing do you need to do every single day. Yeah. That's not, that's not what you need. What absolutes. That? That's Absolute. what I need. I'm not a fan of absolutes. Got it. Must do, always, nevers. Otherwise. Is that simply because that sets one up for failure or simply because it's not, I just don't believe it's not it. necessary? Yeah, I just yeah. don't believe it. Okay. Um, and I've, so I've, I've listened to in some of these car rides that we've done going up to uh, go skiing. We've listened to this podcast and I hear myself so with funny. saying absolutes. Yeah. And that's what I always catch on to. I'm like, yeah. it's not never. It's not always. So for everyone out there listening, if I ever say that ever, right? See, there you go again. <laughs> ever, ever say it. Okay. Um, so one or two uh, from the, the e move. category. You want to oh, do eat first or you want to move? Up. We'll do it in order. Let's okay. do move first. Move. In the order that we tend to do the warm-ups. I'll, I'll do three. Get yourself through a full range of motion. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. What I mean by that is you like work on your flexibility, but you really, really need hips and shoulders. Those are the, the two joints that you really need to bring through a full range of motion. What does that mean? You need to be able to squat below parallel. Like you, you need to do that every, every you have to do yes, it every, every day. day. <laughs> and then the, through the shoulder, like try to get, oh, we need to maintain Think of how mobile a baby is, right? Well, over time, that gets less and less and less. Think of like a decrepit old 88-year-old man with a cane. Like process from open yeah, to exactly. close. Yeah, exactly. Open to close. Like, yeah. So full range of motion. Next one is um, some sort of higher intensity aerobic activity, right? So um, getting yourself out of breath. Let's call it that. Just get yourself out of breath. Third one. Um, resistance, build mm. some strength. So the reason I say these three is because of that, you know, kicking ass into our nineties. They're the three things that need the most, that they're the most important. You, if you lose range of motion, you lose functionality. Um, your metabolic system is based off of that, that getting out of breath thing is the thing that trains your aerobic and respiratory. And there's so many functions in the body that are, um, associated with, um, that metabolic health. Mm -hmm. Now it's both the food, but it's also um, the 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 respiratory and all the rest. Lastly, is you want to be able to preserve uh, muscle. You need that. So working on your strength. Here's the punchline. Here's the hack. You get all three of those doing the way we train, like like high intensity interval training, CrossFit, um, Metcons. They do all of those things. So if you're going to do a thruster. Boom, like you're getting below parallel. You're getting all the way overhead. You got the full range of motion in that. Let's just do, let's just take that one movement. Yeah. Thrusters. Do, if you did a set of 30 thrusters at heavy, heavy weight, uh, or like oh, uh, enough that it's really hard to get through reps 22 to 30, you rested three to five minutes and did that again, rested three to five minutes and did it again. I would argue that you'd stay pretty darn healthy for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Three sets of 30 thrusters because yep. you're working those three things. Yep. You're working your range of motion. You're working your, um, your cardiorespiratory system and building muscle. Uh, just for the sake of conversation, the, the full range of motion, is there anything you'd recommend that if somebody wanted to do this every day and so, okay, I want to work on full range of motion every single day, but the, you know, to our point about before about habits and getting them yep. in and fitting them in. And, um, do you have a, any suggestions for, okay, I'm not going to the gym today, but I still want to work on my, I still want to work on this. Is it just simply stretching some yoga? Like, do you have anything yeah. that you would recommend, uh, to do at home, uh, for anybody who wants to continue yeah. putting this into practice every single day? Yep. So the, the short answer is yes. Yep. <laughs> stretching yoga, 
um, crossover symmetry protocols, um, 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 go wad, like mm-hmm. pliability, whatever it might be, any of those things kind of like fit the bill. Um, the biggest ones for me are um, stretch as long as it takes you to be able to comfortably squat below parallel. And if you can hold an ass to grass squat with your heels on the ground, that's like whatever you need to do to be able to do that. And then stretch your shoulders to the point where you can comfortably get your arms completely extended, elbow straight, completely over your head without your rib cage flaring open. Mm-hmm. Like those are the two big, big things. Got it. Love it. Okay. Let's move on to the next category. Let's do think. Um, so again, just as a reminder, what are one or two yeah. things in each category to, to consider a, a quote unquote must do every day? All right. So I'm not going to do this as a practice. I'm not going to say meditate. I'm not going to say journal. It's going to be something a little bit more, um, not quite as concrete, but I think way, way more impactful because you could journal, mm-hmm. you could meditate, you could do breath work. You could, um, go for a walk in the woods. You could do some prayer, but the real work, the real work is, can you recognize your triggers mm. in real time? That's the work. That's, can you feel it happening? When you do that, you've opened a door that you are now able to walk through and make progress. Until you do that, I don't care how much meditating, yoga, spiritual practice, journaling, read, whatever it is, until you can recognize yourself being triggered in real time, we're, we haven't really done the work yet. That's the biggest one. If there was a next one to that, it's never whine, never complain, never make excuses. Yeah. Would you say that to a degree, the meditation, maybe the breath work, the journaling is all uh, practice for recognizing the triggers in real time. Like those are like, those are the reps that when the, the, whatever you want to call it, the workout comes, like you've got, you've put the reps in and now like, okay, that's why I did it. It's exactly right. Your mind is going to default to three different states. Most of us spend most of our time in a fragmented state where your mind is scattered. It's all about, um, what that, um, you know, the weird, awkward way you ended that conversation with that person at work and you, you can't get your mind off of it, right? Like, oh my God, I wish that, why did I, why did I say that? And I should have shook his hand and I said, I just like, I, I gave him a hug. Yeah. I, oh my <laughs> God, it was so awkward. I think that like our, my lips touched his ears. Why did that, why did I do that? And then you're talking, you're thinking about like, um, okay, did I tell um, the school that I was picking up the kids or that they were taking the bus? And I got to do that project. And what about the shopping list? And um, I can't believe that tomorrow's workout at the gym is my worst movements and I'm going to do terrible. And and it's like, your mind is doing, that's a fragmented scattered state. A more elevated state is a state of focus where you're focused on one of those things. Just, it's okay to think about those things. It's, It's okay focus on one. And this is where meditation, meditation is essentially the first, it's how it's learning how to get into that, which is, can I focus on my breath? And most people, but they do it. Other people do it staring at a candle. Some people do it like, um, feeling their heartbeat. Other people, but breath is nice. It's always there. It's always, it's a centering thing. There's other reasons for the breath stuff as well, but we'll leave it at that. So you go from this fragmented to focused single point intention 
that is the gateway. Fo flow follows focus. So if you're able to focus on something, you can get into a flow state, which is where we all have our best performances. So said another way, the opposite end of the spectrums, one end is fragmented, mm -hmm. one end is this flow state. Meditation is that thing in between. It's, it's the thing. It's the door that you can open up. It's the way that we practice to pull ourselves away from that fragmented mind. So we can go, ooh, I feel how that might, st when you get triggered, you are more in tune with feeling the states of your being because you've been at a place of well-being. Focus is a cool place. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in flow. Focus is cool. You spent your whole life in focus, you're going to be very productive, very fulfilled person. A lot of Fs, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, what we don't, we need to do is we need to get out of fragmented place. So that's what meditation can do is help get us to understand what that place feels like. When you get knocked off centered, you go, whoa, I felt that. What did that? Why am I spinning on that thing? Okay. Next one is the eat category. Uh, if there's one, one thing for sure, the one singular thing for sure is avoid ultra processed foods. Mm. And it sounds so obvious. It sounds so obvious. I think we'd all be a little bit surprised at how much ultra processed foods we actually eat. So ultra processed meaning like, uh, um, uh, so lightly processed would be like a can of tuna fish, right? It's not the tuna fish. It's, it's been processed, but like, you're okay. Yeah. Like you can have that. Cold cuts, like you can have that. That's processed food, but you're okay. Um, the, the ultra processed is like the Doritos. It's the um, cookie. It's the um, thing that you can't really identify what its original thing was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you go to a kid's soccer game, or even better, like when your kids become old enough, they're going to go to sports tournaments and parents bring a bunch of snacks for between the games. It's all ultra processed. It's so sad. It's really, really sad. That's the number one thing that we should all be trying to do every single day. What is the next one? Recovery, recover bucket. What is one or two things we must do every day? Um... No caffeine afternoon. Mm. Caffeine has a um, a different half-life in each of us, meaning how long it gets processed through the body. Um, but any caffeine later on in the afternoon for everyone is going to have some detrimental effect of sleep. Sleep is the number one thing in the recovery bucket by far. All other things together don't outweigh the sleep one. So we need to work on our sleep. The number one worst thing that I believe that you could do besides like, okay, I'll, I'll back up, get eight or nine hours of sleep every night. That's the actual thing. But what's the thing that takes us away from that? Uh, for me, it's because it's for me. For me, it's caffeine. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's instead it's don't get distracted after dinner. Mm -hmm. Like start your bedtime process mm -hmm. after dinner. Because yep. I think what a lot of people do is flip on the TV or start scrolling through Instagram and bye-bye two and a half hours. Next thing you know, it's 10.30 and you're starting your bedtime process. You're not in bed till 11.30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that the, for this one, I think for me, it was just no screens in the in the bedroom. Yeah. Which is, a, a it's actually two things. It's interesting. It's no screens. And then I found that I'm 
more <laughs> sounds silly, but more interested in getting to bed if I have a good book that I'm reading. Whatever that mm. might be. So it's so it's just kind of like a oh if I go now I'll have an extra 15, 20, 30 minutes before I'm too tired yeah. to read anymore. So those two combinations of things tend to be for me the 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 difference between did I get to bed when I should have or did I futz about and get to bed 30, 45 minutes later than I probably could have. So if I was to revisit this, what we'll do is we'll edit out the last three minutes. <laughs> and if I was to actually say it's the number 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 one thing for recovery yep. would be eight to nine hours of sleep. Yep. And the reason I say eight or nine, everyone else says seven and nine, yep. is because if you've ever watched, worn a wearable that detects your actual sleep, it's usually about an hour less of total sleep a night, at least for when you're over 30 years old, it yep. changes a little bit. So the number one thing is sleep eight or nine hours. And then from there, what are the subcategories that allow you to do that? Yeah, that's a great point because it's easy to forget and do just like quick math. Like, okay, I was bed then, I got up then. Okay, cool. That's seven or a half hours. That's eight yeah, hours. Yeah. So but people think like not. they went to bed at 10, yep. woke up at six, that they got there eight hours. No, that's most likely not the case. And I'm not saying it's not the case. You might be a great sleeper, but for most of us, that's not. All right. Last one we've got is uh, the connect bucket. What do we got for that? Okay. So for connect, it's going to be the, the same thing as the think one where I'm not going to give a tactical tool. It's not going to be... Um, have family dinners, go on date nights. It's not going to be, um, um, you know, um, kiss your spouse goodnight every, don't go to bed angry. It's not that. It's going to be a little more esoteric, um, which is feel their pain. Mm. So the connect button, the connect button, the connect, these should be buttons. The five buttons of help. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the connect one is th multifaceted. It's um, kind of like the recovery one has multifaceted a little bit, but this is how you connect with others, how you connect with yourself and how you connect with nature. Each one of those has really founded in the science. Um, I believe of those it's relationships with others. Obviously connecting with yourself is huge, but that's a little bit in the think category a little bit um, is the relationships is really big and the way to have deeper, more meaningful connection points with other people is to be empathetic yeah. and to feel, try to feel what they're feeling. And, you know, it's, I, I find myself maybe taking this a little bit too far sometimes. I'm, I'm always trying to feel what other people feel. Mm -hmm. And I think it distracts me away from the actual, um, meanings of some conversations at some points. Mm, yep. Um, like when I'm, I'm, you're like two or three levels deep and they're like, no, I just need, <laughs> I need you to well, help. No, it's way. like, I, I might be like, um, like my 10 year old son, Bodie might be, um, really upset about, he doesn't want to go to soccer practice. And instead of me being like trying to figure out what the right thing is, I'm just like trying to get in his head and like, what are all the things that he's feeling and why is he feeling that way? Um, is it things that um, we've done the way that we've raised him? Is it uh, that he doesn't have certain skill sets or insecurities? I'm trying to feel like, feel his pain. I'm trying to get inside instead of being like, no, buckle up little buckaroo. We got to get yourself to soccer practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, it can make me a little bit introspective instead of um, more of the um, the spirit guide to help along the way. Uh, I think that's probably a, 
you know, it's, it's been my coaching style for a long time is you try to like get inside the athlete, what they're feeling. Um, and sometimes that's come back to, to being not as productive in the actual moment. It helps in the long run for sure. But in the short term, it might, a lot of times it comes across like, (laughs) um, you know, Heather will be sharing something, um, meaningful, like a a challenge that she had throughout the day. And I won't even respond. Mm. Because I'm trying to like go, the, I'm trying to feel what she's feeling. And we've actually come up with a workaround for that because we, we did another car ride. We talked about what are things that you need to work on. Yeah. Oh God, that's a dangerous conversation. <laughs> right? You, but love it. But yeah, that's, right. that's a dangerous conversation. And one of the ones that came up for me was um, sometimes when people talk to you, you don't say anything back. Mm. And I was like, what? I don't? I, it was like, it was really eye-opening to me. And the reason I don't is because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm processing as much as I can in my own head. So now with the workaround is, um, when I go quiet, I, I, I say, hit you. I say, stand by processing <laughs> literally like I'm like a yeah, little, dot, dot, dot. Yep. Yeah. Like a little spinning wheel. It's like, I just go, uh, stand by processing. And it's like a joke now, but yep. at least it gives us, like, no, yeah. I heard you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not drifting off and thinking about something else. I'm just trying to internalize this. It's the way that, yeah. that, that. I work. When you said it, it's a little bit esoteric, actually, what I thought you were going to say, uh, and obviously I love your answer, but what I thought you were going to say is to practice reducing judgment. Because to me, that's, that's sort of the same thing. Exactly. That's, yeah, like, that's in the same. the same ballpark. You immediately want to go and put a yeah. label on something. Yep. You immediately want to go like... Um, For another person or yourself, right? All this of idea it. of connecting yes. is sort of that, that in, like as best you can, maybe it's kind of like a, instead of that, do this, right? Instead of jumping straight to judgment, mm-hmm. you're wrong or I'm stupid or whatever, yep. tr- transfer that energy into, can I understand this individual, this moment, this Okay, this so if we will challenge? cut this out and we'll come back with a better <laughs> answer, my answer would be like, don't judge. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. That was our workout. Uh, thank you to Dylan. Again, if you want to get a question in the queue, either for our warm up or our workout, uh, just find me on Instagram, PS Cummings, drop me a DM. Uh, real quick, we're going to do a shout out. This is just when we take a moment to read a comment or a review or a note from a listener. This is from Kate B on YouTube. Uh, this is just, I think this is just a YouTube comic. So I think that's all you can do on YouTube. In 2017, I was introduced to CrossFit, found Ben through these podcasts and his books. I'm, I was immediately drawn to his ability to synthesize information from varied sources and apply it to the world of CrossFit in a simple and beautiful way. His prescription of CrossFit spanned a lifestyle, not just a gym program. Ben influenced the way I have approached life ever since. Eat, sleep, train, think, recover, and connect. These are the categories that I control. Ben has provided quality information for all the categories to support success on top of those pillars. He taught uh, uh, he taught me the value of doing hard things to learn and love to lean into challenge when things go hard in my life uh, or when things when hard things in my life arise because of Ben's training I can always say I'll be stronger on the other side of this mm. and I am wow that's so, it right super cool that's it that, that is it yeah I, I, I just met a KP so I wonder yeah, if it was her we're the same KP all right let's jump into uh cool down just uh, an excuse for us to kind of do a little catch all. We're going to do a recommendation roundup. We do this every once in a while where you and I just kind of share some of the things that we've been, whatever, reading, watching, looking at, paying attention to, thinking about that we feel other folks might get some benefit from. So I'll, um, let's do that. I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, so we've talked about this before, but it being kind of near the new year a little bit, um, starting afresh with a new one is the the James Clear daily habit yeah, tracking you, journal. You mentioned that before. Um, 
it's what people are curious about when I say like I track it and I, that's what I use. That's actually the analog version. That's the pen to paper version of how I, um, I do that. It has three different, um, components or kind of three different, there's three different ways that I do it. One is, uh, just the, the single thing. So it's, um, one thing from each day and it's literally 365 lines Mm -hmm. that, and the way I do it, you can do it a different way. What's my daily intention. Um, um, but the way I do it is I do it retroactively of like, what's one cool thing that happened yesterday mm-hmm. at the end of the year, I go back and I read through 365 of those yeah. things. And it's for someone with a really crappy memory. That's a pretty powerful experience. The next piece is it's just truly open just pages. And that's where I record down one thing I'm grateful for, for what's my uh, intention for the day. What's the one thing I really need to do. And then I'll read something in journal about it mm-hmm. in a very short f- format and then I, the back of the book has your daily habit tracker and I track 20 different things, um, that I try to do, um, on a, on a, on a regular basis. I'm not gonna say daily, but on a regular basis. Love that. So that's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of the things I wish I had created. He, <laughs> he, he, it's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Awesome. That's really cool. All right. Mine's going to be, or my first one is, uh, I've, I started doing this. At the end of the summer, so I'm doing this. So I'm doing it again now, which is um, at the end of every season, I go back through my own and my wife's Google photos, and I find my favorite pictures from whatever we did over those course of that season, right? The last three months, and I do a little bit of editing, and then I print them in a book. Uh, and so we have on our mantle place now uh, a book from the summer of like I don't know, maybe it's a hundred photos, something like that, and. And I'm so I'm literally in the process of doing it for the the fall now. So I'm a little bit behind. Oh my but, god! But um, but to have a Patrick's a better family man than all of the <laughs> rest of us. That's not it at Patrick all. Patrick wins. But that's amazing. All of these we take so many photos, right? We, everybody does. I read it's 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 automatic, yeah. especially when you have little kids. And oftentimes we don't ever go back to look at them. Partially because we take thousands of them and only about four of them are any good, right? And so just the process of going through and selecting them. Um, it, it's actually similar. I, I, I'm glad I, I brought this up because it was, it's similar to what you said about like going back mm-hmm. through the 365 yep. days of, to go back through yeah. September, October, November. It's like, oh yeah, we did that. Oh, right. Halloween was so fun. Yeah. And it's things that we don't, like, we don't just often slow down and just remember these things. And especially when my kids are three and or almost three, almost six. So things are going really fast now. And it's yep. really fun. But like, I look back at photos when they were six months and 12 months and 18 months, like, I barely remember that. Like I, I was there, yeah. but it's so, it's so hard to like keep that in your mind. And so to have a physical, a book or just physical copies, physical prints is just so much more, more fun to just like sit down on the couch and just flip through them even with the kids or right. without and just have that. And then my, my hope as I continue to do this is every year we'll have former books, former books, former oh books. God. And then we'll have this big collection. Like this was our 40 life. 40 books in a decade. Yeah. Well, this was our life. And at any point we can pick it up and say, this is from the fall of 2022. Oh, how fun was this? Look at this. Remember we did that. So there you go. So I recommend it. Dang. Do you use a, what, what's like the platform you use to create the Great book? Great question. I use a, a website called MPIX, M-P-I-X. They're, they're, I've always printed- M is in mom? Yep, exactly. And I've always printed photos with them. They always do a super, super good job. They're not that expensive. Um, the what real, is the, the actual? Pro, the, M is in what? What are you supposed to say? M is in what? Uh, M is in uh, monkey. Is that what it is? No, no it's not. It's like there's import. alpha, M-Pix. echo, yeah, delta, bravo. Macho, man. Foxtrot. 
So anyways, M picks. I recommend it. M. And the process of like getting it is actually just as fun. It's right. going through oh, yeah, it, yeah, selecting yeah. them and figuring out, uh, remembering, especially if you do it with like, you know, if you look at Heather's photos, I bet you haven't seen 90% of them because like you're not going through her stuff. I mean, maybe you are, but. <laughs> and then like. What she, you don't know about me. <laughs> and then, you know, my wife, Michelle, she doesn't see half the things I, the half right. the pictures I take. So it ends up also being a bit of like a, a discovery and exploration process for both of us. Cause like, Oh, that's cool. I, I wasn't even there for that. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So there you go. Mic drop. <laughs> you got another one? Uh, or anything else you want to add? Well, all I, I think we've talked about this maybe on two podcasts. So I don't want to like beat it, but I finished up watching, uh, Stutz. Oh yeah. Stutz. Yep. We've mentioned a couple times. Yeah. But that's okay. It's Phenomenal. a good reminder. Yeah. I really, people on this show should, I feel like interested in this show. Should, I, it's like, kind of like, it's kind of like I said about the show Limitless with Hemsworth mm-hmm. in a very different way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a must watch. It's very much what we're talking about. I love some of the tools that he uses. One of my favorites is when people get stuck in the maze, yeah. life is going on, but yeah. you get spun in like, um, it's it's created me, I'm excited to share another kind of framework analogy that I've used, which is kind of very similar, which is a, a river in eddies. Mm. And, um, you throw rocks in the river. It's just like, uh, different influences coming together to create that kind of yep. mental framework. I, I really love that. But then another one that um, just started dabbling to a little bit as well is called The Universe, which Morgan Freeman on Netflix. Mm. Um, it's how the, everything's connected. Yep. We're all made of stardust. Mm. Like li- not like not haha. Like oh my gosh, yes, I sort of like literally. We are made from the it's birth. It's not just poetry. The birth of stars. We, when stars are created, that's what creates the the atoms that we are made of. It's like human beings are, a star is born. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool. And how it's all connected to the different moon cycles. And it is this big interconnected play. Is it a series? Is it a, it's, like a movie? Is it a, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a number. Of, it's Morgan Freeman doing like a different, like a, so that was on Netflix? Yep. All right, awesome. Cool. I'll wrap it up. I'll just do a couple of quick podcast recommendations for folks if uh, if they like the show, they'll probably like. Um, Seth Godin on Rich Roll's podcast was really good. David Goggins just went on Modern Wisdom with uh, uh-huh, our friend cool. Chris. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. And then the third was, oh, don't make, don't don't leave me now. You you sent me one. Was it that? I don't know. What did I send you? You sent me the one about Mr. Stoic? Rogers. Yeah, the Daily that Stoic? was good. And that wasn't it. But okay. but we'll go with that. Uh, Ryan Holiday on the Daily Stoic podcast had uh, two authors. I'm not going to remember the names, but they wrote kind of a biography of the title um, of the podcast Fred was Rogers. like uh, something about wonder. Yes. it's all about the power of yeah. wonder. And then which was also really really good. And I forgot the other one, but we'll go with that one. All right, my friend. You want anything else you want to recommend, or you want to no, get out of here? Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother, for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. If you like this episode, do share it with a friend or a coworker or a cousin. It helps new folks find the show, uh, and uh, we always appreciate it. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. Share it with a cousin. 